You know what's coming. You need to tell me your Disney favorites and Disney Cruise Line favorites. Let's start with who no one, is your... No one knows what's coming, Sam. No one expects the Spanish Inquisition, <laughs> all right? No one expects the Spanish Inquisition. No one has right. notes ready to go based on listening to previous episodes either, Sam. everybody to this week's episode of the DCL Duo podcast brought to you by My Path Unwinding Travel and Sam. We got more reviews to read on the air. We're going to keep putting them up front for now just as a big thank you to everyone who's leaving us a review. We're so close by the way to 300 reviews. I think we're 19 reviews away from 300 reviews, which is unbelievable wow. to me. So That many people are listening to us? It, well, it's at least 300, I guess. At least. Uh, few of those have probably dropped off over time, you know, but now we're, I, we're more than that. I know I watch the listener stats. Let's read this wonderful review that came in from S.E. Sobotua. Sobotua. Yeah. Anyway, it reads, excellent podcast. Sam and Brian are so knowledgeable and really help you feel prepared for your next DCL adventure. Plus, their excitement is contagious. So you can't help but get excited about your upcoming travels. I can't recommend them enough. What do you think, Sam? Good review? I love it. Thanks. Thank you, listener. I appreciate it. All right. Well, if you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review, I don't I don't read the other reviews on the air, but a five-star review, we will read it on the air. But with that, we got to dive into a really fun show this evening with a longtime listener, right, Sam? Yes, I'm super excited. Our guest today is Chris, who has been listening to us from the very beginning, who has been a member of our Facebook group from the very beginning, who has been like very active with us on social media. And I feel like I know him already, although we've never met before today's recording in any way other than interacting on social media. But welcome, Chris, to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for the show too. Like it's been so great. Like planning the vacation time that we plan together, the time we spend in that is priceless to me. So any resource that's out there doing work to to help us better that time that we get to spend together, I really greatly appreciate. So thank you. Well, and I, I want to point our listeners to something really fun that Chris shared with us way back when, probably about a year ago now almost. You did an at-home cruise for your wife. And I just thought that that was so neat and so fun. And we shared some photos in our Facebook group. So if you want to check those out, you can head over to Facebook. I I will try to tag them in some way or move them up the queue so we can all see them again because we were reminiscing about them today before the show. But what a fun idea you had, Chris. You know, it was during the days where everyone was staying at home and I just wanted to... We're going to miss some family for holidays. And it was a great way to, to pick her up and give her something to stay focused on every day. You know, just... That's what it's about, right? Like just having fun together, right? Whether it's on the ship or or pretending you're on the ship, I guess in that case. <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say husband goals, Brian. Take oh. note, all right? You mean the Homer Simpson, Bart Simpson strangling one another that we do in our household isn't isn't? That's right. I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding everyone out there. Sam only strangles. Child me. abuse never, is not okay. Never, yeah, I would never hurt her. <laughs> We're excited because this cruise that you went on, Chris, is one that I really want to do. But before we dive into talking about that cruise specifically, we have to get your Disney Cruise Line creds, your background with Disney Cruise Line. So how many cruises have you been on? Which ships? What kind of itineraries? Tell folks all about your Disney cruising background. Real quick, I was blessed enough just to be a Disney kid. Like We always went to Disney World. My parents had annual passes for a while when we lived close down that way. 
always at Fort Wilderness. And, you know, when I walk down Main Street today, I get all these vivid memories of me with my brothers and sisters or my mom or my dad. So just Disney's got a special place in our heart. We became DVC members back in 2011 and kind of set our course to become some serious travelers. And since Mm -hmm. then, I've been able to, you know, Disney's allowed me to plan a trip to Hawaii or California, Florida. And then we've been on seven cruises now and none of them have gone to the same place other than a couple of stops at Castaway Key. So we've really taken advantage of that. Kind of, we're, we're always searching for what's the next itinerary that's different than the one we've done before. Although we hear Alaska calling us back. So yeah, we, we have not, of all cruises, I think we just said this on, the, on a show recently, we have not done Alaska and we're like three hours away from the port. So we have to make this happen. We have slated it for 2025 because we're going to take Sam's mom. Nathan should be old enough to do all the short excursions yeah. that we want to do. So we're excited to have it now kind of planned into the schedule because, yeah, I've been to Alaska before, but I've never cruised in Alaska. Have you guys oh, been yeah. up to Vancouver then? Yes. 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 Okay. Because there's some great spots in Vancouver. That's a fun city. So. Oh, yes, for sure. We love it. Yeah. Well, let's talk about this cruise you took. It was an Iceland cruise. Nine nights. Do I have that right? Um, No, actually, it was a 10 night that did France, Iceland, and Norway, leaving out of Southampton and open-ended into Copenhagen. And some of these ports were new for DCL or first time for DCL, I think. Is that right? Well, they're all new for the Dream because the Dream has not done Europe except for the dry dock it did during COVID. So Cherbourg, France, I think the Magic had been there once before. Reykjavik obviously has been done on the Magic. And you guys have been to Olesen, so. Yes. Yes. First time for for the Dream, but not not Disney. But some of them are farther and fewer between for Disney, so. How'd you land on this cruise, Chris? What attracted you to it? So my wife and I had a a trip planned in 2020, and that got canceled, obviously, because of COVID. And that trip was out of New York going up the Canadian coastline. That was the honeymoon we ended up not doing. So it's still that we're going to get back to that one one day for sure. But then after that, we just kind of put a placeholder on a Caribbean cruise. And then from that, it went, uh, we were actually on the last uh, trip that was canceled for the wish. So it actually overlapped with what was the first cruise uh, that was the DVC one. I guess it was the second public sailing it would have been. So that got canceled. And with that, Mickey issued a 50% off. And when this cruise came out, you know, at least from those cruises. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. So when this cruise came out, it had Normandy, which is top of my bucket list. Mm -hmm. It had Iceland, which is the top of my wife's bucket list. So we just kind of, you know, it was one of those where you look at each other and you just hope the other one's going to say yes. Nice. So, so give us the stops one more time that you, that this cruise stopped at. Okay. So after it left out of Southampton, the first stop the very next day was uh, Cherbourg. France. So the north of France. Popular there was obviously for us was to see Normandy. Then after that, it was a couple of days at sea and it went to Reykjavik. The next day was supposed to be Eisenfjordr. I'm sure I'm saying these wrong, but I'm trying my best, I promise. (laughs) Eisenfjordr and that was canceled. They're doing some dredging at the port there and in the harbor area and it is not done yet. And a lot of cruises have been canceled over the, the period of this summer for a lot of different uh, companies trying to cruise through there. Okay. Uh, and then, so that one was canceled. It ended up being an extra day at sea. Okay. And then we had uh, Akariri, which is in the northeast part of Iceland. And then a day at sea to Olesund, which is a beautiful little town. And then a day at sea before landing in Copenhagen. 
Okay. Wow. That's that's a lot of area for the the dream to cover. So that's a that's a long sailing for sure. Well, let, let's start off in Cherbourg. You said you did a visit to Normandy. Did you did you book that excursion through Disney or did you strike out on your own? No, I sh- I went on my own, and that's actually the first time we've done any kind of excursion out on our own that wasn't covered by Disney. So in all of our seven cruises, we've always other cruises we've always booked another port adventure or a port adventure through Disney. And this one, right away, I was looking and noticed that it was going to be a Sunday in France, which is Mm -hmm. not the ideal time to be there in a cruise ship as a tourist, even during the peak tourist season, especially when you get out in the countryside of France, they they like their Sunday time. Sunday family time, Sunday church time, that sort of thing. Yeah, Yeah, very traditional there still. And so we, and just time off, right? Like it's just important to recharge your battery. So, but we, I ended up looking and found through Viator a tour guide. His name was Mike. And this will be a theme. We had a, a Dutch tour guide who spent most of his time in London before coming to Normandy. So not you'll see how that's a recurring theme. <laughs> okay. Uh, but he runs Allied Victory Tours and runs a bed and breakfast with his wife there in Normandy. And I will tell you, if you're seeing Normandy without Mike, you're getting whatever second best is. Mike was an absolute great tour wow. guide. He does reenactments for World War II battles in his free time. So he's kind of living and breathing it right next to their bed and breakfast where they stay in the 1940s. Like it's blocked in time there and they they dress and do everything in that that style at the bed and breakfast. And then right next to that, there's a woman in World War II museum that they curate themselves and take care of themselves. It's that's supposed to be really great out that way. I've read some really good reviews and then But then he does the tours in between and he picked us up and took us out to the church at St. Mary Glace, took us out to see a couple of different monuments, one to Teddy Roosevelt Jr., took us out to Utah Beach, took us out to the Dick Winters Leadership Memorial, another memorial for Easy Company and the 506th. And then he took us out actually to Omaha Beach. But on the way to Omaha Beach, we stopped in a little town in France called Insigne. Do you know what? Insignia is known for. No. That's actually where the Disney family comes from. And that's their history. So the family started there and came to the States. So that's where like the ancestral home of Walt Disney's family is. So we went by there and he talked about that a little bit, which was a nice little, uh, you know, that was a little extra something because we were coming off the dream that he had worked out that stop. And then, you know, we saw the American cemetery there at Omaha Beach, which was a very humbling experience. You know, this isn't a a day I would call as fun or great, but Mm -hmm. my wife and I both agree this is the most important day we've ever spent on a vacation. We really value our time that we had that day. And Mike did an excellent job. So I can't I can't say enough good things about Mike. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, you you think about, you know, going to Europe and people, of course, want to see like in the med, they want to see the ruins. Right. If you're going anywhere near Normandy, I don't know how you can you know, go without digging into some World War II history, right? Without seeing where our, you know, where our men landed on the beaches, you know, and without sort of going to those museums and visiting those those cemeteries, just those places of all those memories. And then to top it off, you get to see some Walt Disney history too. That's pretty darn cool. I mean, like you said, maybe not fun in the way you think of vacation fun. But I don't know. I mean, I spent a day, I remember when Brian and I went to our first time on Oahu, we went and saw the USS Arizona, right? I mean, it's like you've got to see parts of our history 
And these are important parts. Yeah, absolutely. I will say another popular stop there, and I'm already planning our trip back so we can see more of Normandy and then get to the next. Uh, a lot of people tried to make their way out to, uh, is it called Mont Saint-Michel? It's mm-hmm. a castle and church that's out on the water there in northern France. It's just on the other side of, I guess, the cape that Cherbourg's on. It's famous because the tide comes in and out in such a way that you can walk to the island for a portion of the day and then it becomes a true island for the rest of the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very iconic. Very iconic. How did you, you said you found the excursion you did on uh, Viator, which uh, is a great site. But what, what made you decide to strike out on your own as opposed to booking something through Disney? Was it that Disney didn't have the excursion you were looking for? or So because Disney doesn't go into Cherbourg a whole lot, there wasn't a lot that was listed on the site. And it was mm-hmm. coming down and I was it was too important for me and my wife, you know, even then when they posted like the half day DJ tour, which was substantially cheaper right? Then what we paid for our private tour, my wife said, no, 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 this is way too important to you. Like, don't even talk to like the dollars mean nothing at this point, like do the right, do what the right day is going to be. So that was part of it. The other thing, and this is kind of a recurring thing. I have this in my notes, maybe to bring up later, but it's worth bringing up now. The Disney dream's a little big for some of these ports. So I will tell you if you're planning one of these trips, that's a good point. Sail concierge or be platinum or higher because I'll Ice in Fjordor, for example, there was nothing left when the gold booking window opened for wow. excursions. Wow, no excursions were, at all. There were some, but they weren't the ones that, you know, it wasn't they to go see puffins want. or go see, right. you know, go whale watching or do the things you want to do. It was like go to a fishing village and smell fish. <laughs> you know, it was, it wasn't anything that we were interested in. I, I ended up looking for a third party and was waitlisted to go see a waterfall that was there because that was the only thing we could really find that we were interested in since everything was gone. So the Disney dream is a larger ship. Disney's still bringing it through some of these smaller ports. So, right. Which is your, I mean, a bi- mixed bag, right? It's nice to be on a bigger ship. You've got more amenities on the bigger ship than on the smaller ships. But you've got 1,500 more people vying for excursions. And if the port's really small, they really they can't ramp up their tourist industry for your ship for one day. It's just Correct. possible. So the other thing, too, is Disney was doing their best job in Cherbourg. They were trying to add stuff. So even after like the 60-day mark, we saw it like the 30-day and even the 20-day mark, we saw them add either more. And it was clearly that there were ads and not people dropping off because of there were different descriptions than what we were seeing for some of the other ones that are booked earlier. So I, I forgot to ask Chris up front. We haven't had too many people on who've sailed out of Southampton because Disney, when the magic was over there, sailed out of Dover mm-hmm. and Southampton is a newer sort of departure port for them. How was the port itself and the experience of boarding the ship? Did it feel organized and, you know, speedy or were there any snags in sort of getting on board the ship in Southampton? You know, it was so quick and we got there about an hour after our port arrival time. I don't remember being in the port very long at all. Like it it was so quick that I remember taking the picture and getting on the boat. So it felt like it was together really well. But we we transferred from uh, London via Stonehenge and saw Stonehenge on the way out to Southampton, which is a great way to see it because it's like two, two and a half hours out of the city. And making that round trip just to see it as a lot to take the picture. And it's just like a a very short detour, as I understand, in that sort of route from London to Southampton. But I think, Brian, to your point, I'm just going to answer Brian's question because I heard from another listener who we talked about who sailed out of Southampton that it was pretty smooth. And I do think that one of the, you know, one of the things that helped with that is 
they did those UK staycations and they did some of them out of Southampton. So now they've got practice in multiple ports out of the UK from doing that sort of pandemic time UK staycations. I think that probably helped. I will say that, that coming in there, it felt like they had maybe six to eight lanes open for security checks. Mm, and wow. that's usually a place where you bottleneck. At least mm-hmm. the last time we went out of Port Canaveral, that was a huge bottleneck for getting into the facility. And then since our number had already been called, it was very quick for us to get on after that. Awesome. Nice. All right. Well, next up is Reykjavik, Iceland. What'd you get up to in Reykjavik? Was it a DCL excursion or one on your own? And, and what'd you do? So this was a, yep, this was a DCL excursion that we did a port adventure through them. It's called the Golden Circle and we did the adult only track for it. It went through, man, these pronunciations, Thingerville National Park, which is a beautiful area where the plates are literally ripping apart there. Uh, mm-hmm. on Iceland between the Atlantic plate and the plate that uh, the rest of Iceland sits on towards Europe. And uh, because of that, there's these very dramatic cliffs. It, it just is a beautiful area. It also so happens to be where Iceland decided they wanted their independence. So as you're walking through the national park there, there's a spot where you can see that there's a kind of an area that almost looks like a, an auditorium seating where the, the stone shaped that way and they've they've placed something on top of that now but um, there's the Icelandic flag there and that was actually where they decided that they wanted to be uh, an independent country so there's a lot of really good history for oh, the cool. people of Iceland that are there as well so that was the first stop uh, the stop after that took us out to the great uh, geyser there I will tell you that that is one of the most uh, uh, reliable consistent I know old reliable is old old reliable and kind of goes off by at least in our experience like clockwork 25 to 40 minutes this <laughs> one goes off about every five minutes oh my not goodness. nearly as dramatic is uh, old faithful is although the tour guide claimed that it got to the same height i, I did not see that while we were there it is a beautiful <laughs> part of iceland and they certainly have some really great consistency out of theirs but you know, maybe we could swap names. We can be the Great Geyser and they can be Old Faithful. I don't know. But not nearly as high as what we've seen out of uh, Old Faithful. So after that, we went on to a Gullfoss Waterfall, which was just absolutely breathtaking. It was a beautiful waterfall out there. Huge, kind of that horseshoe style, much like what you see when you're at Niagara Falls. Beautiful waterfall wrapped around. There's a great hike up to the top of it, a great hike if you want to get up close to it at a lower elevation. We went down to that lower one there. And then right after that, they have kind of a gift shop and restaurant there. And part of the excursion was to have lunch there before moving on to the next stop. So we had like a time where we had to be back from the waterfall and we sat down. It's not a bad dining room. They offered, you know, tea and coffee and people had, you know, water and soft drinks. I I think they brought some, you know, beverages, you know, alcoholic beverages to folks who wanted to order and pay extra for it. But we had like a tomato soup and a salmon lunch there that was, that was nice. It was, it was good. From there, we went on to a geothermal power station. Oh, cool. As part of it. And they talked about how geothermal powers so much. So they pump hot water through the whole country as heating wow. from single spots because it will stay that warm because of what's happening underground and stuff like that and the, the temperature that it's coming out at. But then they also release some of that into a steam that turns turbines and they create all their energy off of it. So energy is very cheap there. Heating is very cheap there, all because of what they're able to do with the geothermal activity uh, that happens there in Iceland. Wow. I imagine their carbon footprint is probably pretty small too. 
It is. The problem is, is in order for us to do that here, there's only a couple of places where we can make that a reality. (laughs) And there are places that we've, we've protected with, you know, national parks and stuff like that. So it's a little different. I will say different from there when you're looking at, you know, we went out to all these beautiful waterfalls and we're on the bus for a while out to these places because this is a long day excursion, the Golden Mm -hmm. Circle. It's like a, it was an eight, seven and a half hour, eight hour day that we were on the bus going from each of these stops. I would say that not as much wildlife as you see, you know, going to similar places uh, here in the States or the places we've been, because the only thing that's native, the only native mammal to uh, Iceland is the Arctic fox. Everything else that's there has been introduced like horses and even mice or rats. Like that's all from coming off of ships and things like that. So, I mean, they've got birds and plenty of birds, but as far as mammals go, it's just the Arctic fox. At least that's what we got from the tour guide. So. Wow. So you're not not seeing like moose and things like that all around. Yeah. Interesting. I wonder if they probably have some goats, but they're probably like farmed goats, I would imagine. They have goats and sheep there, but they're all part of, you know, farming and agriculture. So yeah. after that, they dropped us off kind of right by this Harpa Opera House in Reykjavik there. So my wife and I, I'm telling you the pronunciation of these things. (laughs) (laughs) We went, we kind of went into some of the shops there, but then we hiked kind of up a hill to Helm Grimskij Bell Tower. Sure. We don't know how it's pronounced. I'm sure that's not the the pronunciation, right? It's (laughs) so there's this beautiful church that's an old church there in Reykjavik. It's kind of uh, shaped like a triangle, a very tall, dramatic triangle with edges on it. There's a statue out in front of it of. There's a statue of Leif Leif Erikson right in front of the church. You can go up to the top of the bell tower and see the rest of the city from the top, which was beautiful. My wife and I did that. Luckily, there was an elevator. If there were (laughs) stairs, I would have gone anyway for her. (laughs) And then we went back to the Harpa Opera House where Disney ran a bus back and forth uh, from the port to the Opera House to get people down to kind of the cultural area of uh, downtown Reykjavik. So we did that and went back and forth. So we went back to the ship after that. Was the port then in more of like an industrial area nearby instead of like right in the city? Correct. It was, yeah, it was a little more, it was a very big port that's out there for them. So the, the, the bus is almost necessary to get anywhere where you can do and see things that are worthwhile to see and do while you're on vacation for sure. Sounds like this was a a pretty active excursion, would you say, or am I? There was quite a hike. Yeah, there was quite a hike at some of the places. Not like doing, is it the Path of the Trolls in Olsund? Is that what it's called? Well, we we didn't do the Path of the Trolls, but we did the Pulpit Rock excursion in Stavanger. But yes, that's another one that is a longer, a longer hike. Yeah. 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 So not, not as, not as much of a hike as that, but it was, it was still a pretty good hike at different spots along the way, especially Mm -hmm. with some of the short windows we had. So you could either stroll and see less, or you could move it and see more. It was a long day. By the time we'd gotten to the opera house before hiking up to the church, we'd already known we were going to miss our main seating dining. So we decided to, you know, forego that. We did what we, you know, we wanted to see Reykjavik and do those things because we had already missed dinner. And then we went back to the ship and we caught, you know, just chicken tenders from Flo's seemed to do the trick that night. Disney did do a good job of not scheduling anything in the the main theater that evening that was, a, you know, a must-see. Right, because you had a later all aboard time, I presume. Correct. It is a later one there. It was like nine or 10 o'clock. 
Oh, wow. So you could really like, you could go out to dinner, you know, in the town rather yes. than go back to the ship. Yeah. And we did see that in a lot of the restaurants up and down the street that were to the church. It's kind of this angled road that cuts right through Reykjavik and it goes mm-hmm. up the hill. There are a lot of restaurants on both sides and we, you know, familiar faces from the, the cruise ship for sure as we were walking by each of those, those dining spots. How long was the excursion you took? It was seven or eight hours. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so it was a good a full, full day. day. Yeah, and it looks like the ship was in from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. So that's a 13-hour day for the ship. So that's that's a good chunk of time for sure. All right, well, we know you missed your next port or the, the dredging caused that port to uh, be missed. Uh, and then you went to, and I'm going to butcher it now for you, uh, Akurai, Iceland? Akariri. Akariri, Akariri, Iceland. Uh, Sam's got you, it. There you go. What <laughs> What'd you get up to there? We actually did another similar day. So it was another long day. It was a port adventure through Disney. And we did what's called the Jewels of the North. Mm. Another day of, you know, my wife and I, you know, like the kind of the contrast, you know, we were in a couple of places where we saw like historical cities and did all that. But we knew we wanted to just embrace the beetle, the kind of the beautiful world that God's given us while we were in Iceland. So we went out and that port adventure takes you out to Godfoss Waterfall which has a wonderful history there. We don't need to do a history lesson here, but a beautiful area that's certainly significant to that area and the people of Iceland. Absolutely beautiful waterfall. That was a great day because we also had a photo pass member with us on that day. So as we were hopping to the different stops, there was someone to take pictures of us along the way, which was super great. Oh, wow. They sent the photo pass photographer out on an excursion. That's I haven't heard about that before. That's they amazing. actually did that in Olsen as well. And actually, the one we had in oh. Olsen was... One of our favorite photo pass, Michelle was absolutely great throughout the cruise there. So she was, you know, that was one of the names I made sure I took down to get on the survey at the end. So if you're on the dream and Michelle's taking your picture, she will take good care of you if you're nice and kind in return. So after we were done with uh, Godfoss Waterfall, we went out to, there's some pseudo craters that are out there, as they describe. So it's kind of a rolling green, very green hill area where you can see some craters that are from time before. But what it is, is because of the way the, from what I understand, because of the way the lava moved underground, kind of the ground caved in and created what looks like craters, which is why they call it the pseudo crater area. We went out to the Dimmerborger lava field or otherwise known as dark castles. So if you search dark castles in Iceland, you'll see it. And it is, there's an ancient lake that was there that had very cold water and it was very deep. So there was a lot of water there. And as the lava rolled across this lake, the lake steamed and pushed the lava up into like tubes or pillars. And these tubes and pillars are like three stories, four stories high. Wow. So it is absolutely, it's very dramatic, very beautiful rock formations. Sounds like something in a Star Wars, I feel like, you know? Well, that's coming up next because my wife keeps calling the geothermal field at Heavery. She keeps calling the pictures Tatooine whenever we look (laughs) at them because we went from this very green and dark rocked area to just over the hill. (laughs) And now all of a sudden everything's very like tan and because of the mud pots and the, the different thermal geothermal features that are there that are, you know, very like kind of sulfury and acidic. Mm. Um, if that makes sense. So, but uh, another area that's beautiful in its own right, but every time the picture comes up on the rolling frame in the house, it's on the digital frame. She says, Oh, look, it's us at Tatooine, which is great. Cause she's not a star Wars fan, but it's so on brand. <laughs> uh, after that, we went and had a sandwich over at this Foss hotel in Ma- Maviton, maybe is how it's said. The sandwich is actually made from this bread that they make underground. So they make the dough 
put it on the ground for several hours while the ground's warm enough and it cooks the bread. Oh, and wow. then they dig it back up and they make a sandwich with it. That's different. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess I guess the Hawaiians do the same thing with pig, right? I mean, they bury it in yeah. the bury it in the sand. Yeah. Listen, yeah. you yeah. can bury. I mean, you can put an egg on the ground and watch it fry if it's hot <laughs> enough, right? <laughs> yeah. You guys are gonna get me in trouble because I'm gonna talk my wife into burying something in her backyard and eating it this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> eating it. You know, Kalua pork. Kalua pork is fantastic. <laughs> yes. Yes, very. So after that, we made our way back to the ship and had another evening on the ship. A couple shows that are worth talking about. Roller Boys were were in the Walt Disney Theater. Roller Boys, there are a lot of folks that really enjoyed the concert. I think it was definitely an event or a concert that uh, the the younger crowd on the ship really, really embraced and loved it. Roller Boys? I've I've never heard of Roller Boys. You got to tell me a little bit more. I think they operate out of London. Hmm. And they were on, well, yeah, but what's the show? <laughs> Britain's Got Talent. Brit- oh, Brit- yeah. yeah. Like a, yeah. They were on one yeah. of the Britain's talent shows. Talent. Yeah. yeah. And they did pretty well on there. And really, they're singing Bruno Mars, the Backstreet Boys in sync and moving around on roller skates, not blades, because they have more balance doing some of the choreography that they do. But they're a, a cover band. They're a boy band on roller skates. I don't. I love it. It sounds right up my alley. <laughs> I'm not joking. I'm serious, by the way. Let's see. So that was a long day. That was another like six and a half hour, seven hour day for wow. that particular excursion. And then, yeah, we enjoyed it. We made it to dinner that night and had the show. And you had Olesund as your final excursion before you hit Copenhagen, of course. Yep. What did you, what did you get up to in Olesund? We we have been there on our Norway cruise and thought it was beautiful, but there's you know obviously multiple excursions there. Yeah. Isn't Olesund like one of the most beautiful like just oh yeah picturesque towns that you yes can picturesque see anywhere, that's exactly right? the word picturesque yes it was absolutely beautiful and I'll tell you after being in Olesund we're, we're putting a pin in you know a good like full Norwegian fjord excursion through Disney one day. I don't know how that's going to work out with my wife being a teacher, but it's on the list. Yeah. Uh, But while we were there, we did another port adventure through DCL. It was the Giski and Godoy uh, excursion. So we went to a lighthouse out on Godoy. Uh, It's a beautiful lighthouse that's Mm. out there. And you actually go through several of the tunnels that go under the fjords to get there. I don't know if you guys experienced that while you were there at all, but no. We yeah, didn't we do that main... excursion, but I remember yeah. seeing that excursion. Yeah. So there are what two hundred and forty thousand islands or two hundred and thirty thousand islands that make up Norway and go around mm-hmm. the country of Norway. There are like nine hundred tunnels. Half of those tunnels go under different parts of the fjords and different places to connect those communities together. So Olesund yeah. itself is actually spread out among seven different islands that are out that way to make up the actual city limits or town itself mm-hmm. and, uh, and or the 70,000 people that live there. And they some of those tunnels can be as long as, I think they said 10 kilometers, or was it 23 kilometers and 10 miles long is the longest. I can't remember, but we went through a bunch of the tunnels and even the tunnel like had a traffic circle in one of them, which mm-hmm. was crazy to see. And then we went into, you know, two tunnels later, we were in a tunnel that was only one lane wide. But had a couple of like pullovers. And if you were, if those pullovers are on your right, it is your responsibility as you're driving down that tunnel to move over and park in that right shoulder and allow the car that's playing chicken with you to pass. Oh, that's crazy. Which was nuts for us to see because we're in North Dakota and there's plenty of passing space. (laughs) You can see your dog run for seven days. (laughs) 
we did go through some tunnels in Stavanger when we were on our way out to where you do the hike to Pulpit Rock. So we did see some of the some of the tunnels, but I think the ones near Olison, there's many more because as you mentioned, there's just so many of these connecting or connected islands that are, you know, you have to go through the fjords. Yep. So we went out to Godoy and we went up to the top of this beautiful old lighthouse that's there. My wife, it was one that she keyed in on right away because she loves seeing kind of old lighthouses and hearing the history of them. And it just, it's a, it's something she really enjoys. So while we were there again, we had a photo pass uh, member there. So we have some great pictures of us out by the water, by the lighthouse. And then after that, our excursion was supposed to then go to Giski where we were going to go to an old church that's on that Island. That's like very, very old because we didn't go in. I don't remember. But it, it's it's like the oldest church, I want to say, on that in that portion of the country. But we didn't get to go in because there was a wedding that day. So the, the church was had other things to do, which was fine because we really wanted to see the lighthouse. So but I know that there were some folks on the excursion that were, you know, they weren't weren't mad, but they were certainly wish they'd had the opportunity to see the church as well. From there, we went up to what's that high point right there in Olsund? Oh yeah, the overlook right over town. I don't remember the name of it, but I know exactly what you're talking about. We we took a picture from there of the ship. Yeah. Yep. So we went up and took that same picture. And in fact, after I'd seen you take the picture last year, it had been something that like I was like photography goals, right? Like that yeah. I'm gonna get up there, I'm gonna take a picture, and there'll be pictures of us up there. And we do have some great pictures of us from up there as well. We also, you know, again, the photo pass member, Michelle, that was moving with the excursions that day that we're going through there was up there and took some great pictures of my wife and I up that way. Any idea of like how Disney decides where to send a photo pass photographer or if I wonder if it has to do with what they're interested in doing, you know, themselves, because they obviously then get to go along on the excursion probably at no cost because they're working. Well, they're I'm sure no, at no cost to them because they're working. But yeah, we, we did not get to experience that. We were, of course, on the magic. So it's a little bit different. But we did not experience any or and, and did not hear of any photo pass photographers going out on the excursions when we were in Norway. So in our, you know, seven cruises, this is the first time we've ever seen the photo pass members out there, but we tended to see them in the ones where there were relays coming from the boat, right? Like every 30 minutes, there was a bus leaving doing the same itinerary. Mm. So for those excursions that were doing that, that was where it was common to see a photo pass person. So I imagine they're usually the, the, you know, the, the ones that are buses. Right. Obviously, you don't want to be the last bus and you don't want to be the first bus. You want to be in the middle somewhere. So you're at least catching those people as they're at each of those stops and have a little Mm -hmm. bit of overlap with them. But this is the first time we'd seen it. We saw it, you know, like I said, we saw it in Iceland at Akariri and we saw it again at Olsund. And we were, we were super grateful for it because not only were there photo pass people out there, but they were some of our favorites. So Mm -hmm. that made for. That made for a great time and, you know, a chance to, I always love the, the relationships you build with some of those great cast members is always something that's memorable. I think anybody that's uh, listening to the show that's been on the cruise can think of somebody, whether it's from their dining team or, or from a character team that's, that's made their trip a little extra special. So totally. Yeah. 
Hey, DCL Duo fans, you know, we get the question all the time, should I use a travel agent to book my next Disney cruise or should I just book with Disney directly? And I'm going to tell you, if you have that question in the back of your mind right now, you should stop what you're doing and head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo. The folks over at My Path Unwinding provide an amazing service. They are so knowledgeable and so friendly. We rely on them ourselves to book our family vacations and they provide an amazing service. And the best part is you don't pay anything extra for it. Disney, other tour providers, and other cruise lines have built the cost of their commission into their pricing. So if you're booking directly, you are just paying that money back to the provider when you could be spending it on the kind of service you would get from My Path Unwinding Travel. You've heard from their agents on our show. They are so knowledgeable, so giving of their time. They know so much about Disney Cruise Line, Sailing Concierge, other cruise lines, other all-inclusive vacations and adventures by Disney that if you have a vacation in mind, they are the ones to book it for you. So again, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL duo so they know we sent you their way thanks my path unwinding for sponsoring the show and with that back to our episode you know i wonder also if it helps them sell the photo package just from like an economic standpoint right like if you've got not just pictures on the ship with mickey and minnie or in front of those backdrops but you've got really good photos because you know it's a little awkward sometimes asking somebody to take a photo of you and i don't know how good your selfie skills are chris but mine are not great. Brian's are better than mine. I'll put that out there. His photography skills in general are like leaps and bounds above mine. But, you know, it's getting a good photograph at a really cool spot. It's really nice to have, you know, someone with some professional experience doing that. Yeah, I absolutely agree. You know, we're because we live in North Dakota and it's just me and my wife. We don't do a lot of like we don't do the photo studio thing. Right. So when we go on a cruise... I just automatically on the spreadsheet, the line item on there every time is the photo pass because that's when we get those pictures. That's when we, you know, right. we do the white background, the the dark backgrounds, the, the care, you know, the, the, the ship backgrounds. We, you know, we're, we're usually pretty busy between dinner and the show, making sure we can get in the, you know, the pictures that we want to get. So. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, how else are you going to get stuff to put on your Christmas card, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Although I think my nieces are starting to think Mickey lives in our house. <laughs> I love it. He lives in all of our hearts and bank accounts. <laughs> he puts his hands in our pockets all the time. <laughs> but sometimes he hands out a coupon that gives you half yeah. off on a cruise. That's so, right. There you we'll go. take it. Anytime he does that, we'll take it. So after the overlook there at uh, Olsen, they took us back to the port and my wife and I decided to head back out because we had some time. That was only about three and a half hour morning with them. So mm-hmm. we did some shopping and walking around Olsen itself. Again, this was another Sunday. So there were a lot of businesses and places closed. So, uh, you know, one of the things we left as feedback on the survey is really look at how you're scheduling these. And if you're doing time in Europe with a ship this big, and you're going to these small towns, maybe maybe see if you can shuffle around the days a little bit. You know, if these were Mondays instead of Sundays, I think they probably would have gotten a lot more guest satisfaction on some of the surveys they sent out. So, Oh, yeah. I mean, you'd rather a sea day for, you know, if you've got to be there on a sun, if you've got to be on the ship, of course, on a Sunday, because you can't eliminate Sunday from the week. But yep. yeah, give that as a sea day rather than a port day. So we got back, we did lunch on deck 11, spent some time in the stateroom. We went out and that was the day they kind of did the 25th anniversary pictures on that day because it was the 25th anniversary on the ship that day. Oh, yeah. It was the 25th anniversary of the magic, right? So not just not just 25th year, right? Which the whole season has been the celebrating of the 25th year, but it was actually the anniversary of when the magic first sailed. So, yeah, yeah. that must have been a nice little celebration. 
Uh, it was it, it was fun. It, I like the extra touch. I like the all the unique character pictures that you get on an event like that. I will tell you that the hard part was is much like the cruise you guys went on because of where we were, there were no fireworks on this cruise at all. Right. To include the 25th or a pirate night. So it was a little underwhelming. Obviously, there was some chatter that it was on brand and part of, you know, just like the 50th anniversary at Walt Disney World, where it was, <laughs> it was all merchandise and no, you know, and a couple of character costumes. Right. So, yeah. but uh, you know, I was grateful. Those, that's a planning thing. That's for folks that are somewhere else. Uh, when you're on the ship, you know, we were just grateful that the cast members were working as hard as they could to make those opportunities available where they could for the families on the, on the ship. So, mm-hmm. and then we had a, a ventriloquist that night, John Kimmins who was actually pretty good. We, we enjoyed his show. It was pretty funny. I feel like we need to talk a little bit about what you got up to in Copenhagen and how long you spent there before we talk about, of course, some, some of the other stuff that you got up to on board the ship. We just spent the one day in Copenhagen. I'd made arrangements for a private transfer from the port to take us out to uh, uh, New Haven, which is the very picturesque, different colored buildings that you see in every picture of Copenhagen on that little harbor area there. It was absolutely beautiful, a great spot in town to stay. I took her out to uh, St. Peter's Bakery. It was the first place I took her. I was there. We were there when they opened. It is the oldest bakery in Denmark. It's from like 1592. And the claim is that they made the first Danish. So I took my (laughs) wife to have a Danish Danish. To make sure that, and she absolutely, she loved it. We, we they just call stuff. it pastry there, Chris. <laughs> I, I don't, you know, I, I, I maybe, maybe, but they, they were super great. That I will tell you that it is worth going out and finding that place because it was very good. Yeah, it was very good. It was special. You never had a better Danish Danish. Nope, never. I've never had a better anything Danish. It was, it was very good. <laughs> We went out to the Little Mermaid statue after that, again, staying on brand since it was a a Disney cruise, which is, you know, you take the picture and you move on. And then we went through like an old military fort called the Castellette. went through Rosenberg Castle, which is kind of their, I would say those, the Castellette and Rosenberg Castle together are a lot like the Tower of London in Mm. two separate places. So the history Mm -hmm. is very similar. So we were looking to mirror a lot of the things we did in London before the cruise, why we're in Copenhagen, because they have royal families as well. From there, we went to the National Museum where we caught up with a tour guide that I had hired through Viator to take us around. We saw there they've got a Viking, a new Viking exhibit. They've always had one, but they've refreshed it. It has these kind of these vignettes that are like, you know, three or four minute movies that are happening on the wall. And it's kind of this walking experience through it. And they have an artifact from history that's there in between for you to see and understand. And you kind of learn the life of this Viking who was a a kind of a Viking general that was trying to uh, take the Vikings around and invade Rome to defeat the Romans in the time that he was around. But they never found Rome because Rome's just not sitting on a coast, right? So... (laughs) But uh, you kind of hear the story of it, and then it ends with showing you one of these ruined stones that were placed by this particular Viking they're telling the story of. So that was kind of neat to see. And then we spent some time looking at some of the different instruments they had from around the world in their collection. With my wife being a music teacher, it's kind of something we always get after when we get into a museum that's filled with like kind of old culture like that. From there, we went to Christian Borg Palace, which is really the center of all their government. The legislature's there. Their Supreme Court is there. Mm-hmm. The the monarchy goes there, and that's where their office is. That's where their the monarchy's like library, and it's their palace. They don't live there right now today, but they do have a lot of rooms that are like for them to have a, 
uh, a ball or uh, you know some type of state dinner or or when they you know do different uh, coronations and things like that they use this palace for those types of events so you can also get to the top of that we used a copenhagen card which is like a lot of these city passes you see popping up in places these days where you can kind of play a fat and you then can use the card at multiple places and obviously it drives traffic for maybe some of the places they get less folks in Mm -hmm. but we use that at several of these places that i've mentioned but it that helped us get to the top where you had really one of the highest points in the city and had a great view of the city and you could even see the bridge that connects uh, Sweden to Denmark, which was a neat thing to see across there. Then we went by the Church of Our Savior that's there in um, Denmark. It kind of has that, uh, in Copenhagen, it has that twist at the top that's very visible. Mm-hmm. The cool. People go up to the top. Uh, I wasn't going to the top of it because <laughs> I'd had about 12 miles on my feet at this point. And I, yeah, yeah. This sounds like a long day. My goodness. Yeah, I gave the opposite look to my wife, the one where I looked at her and she knew right away the answer was no. Yeah. So opposite of the cruise. And then uh, we went back out to Nyhaven and hit a couple of shops so I could bring, you know, some Danish chocolates back home mm-hmm. to my family and for my wife. And then we hit a local restaurant there. It was, it was a McJoy's Choice, it was called. It was kind of a local pub where my wife had schnitzel and I had this crispy pork, which is yep. the national dish of Denmark. I, I don't recommend it. Oh no! It was it was it was crispier than I was prepared for. Oh okay, all right. Anyway, so that was Copenhagen, and then we flew out the next morning, and we actually we flew through Paris and had an eight hour layover there. So we got I arranged for a tour company to pick us up, take us around the city for about four hours, and bring us back because after COVID, I wasn't wasting an opportunity if we were in Paris. Uh, together yeah. for the first time. So, oh, yeah. that's awesome. So, I want I want to bring up one thing that we talked about, you know, before we started recording, and I don't want to go through your entire time pre-cruise in London because we know that you actually did an episode recently with the DCL dude and covered all of the, those fun things, but I want to highlight one thing that you did because I know you learned about it from this show. And that is tea at Fortnum and Mason. And I hear it's now become a favorite of yours and of your wife's. Uh, That was a great experience. You know, it was, we were, when I was planning that part of the trip, that was the day we got off the flight where we got there at about 730 in the morning because we had a direct flight from Minneapolis. Um, And I wanted to plan a day that was zero thought was needed, only following the phone to the places we needed to be when we needed to be there. So we went out and saw Abbey Road that morning. And then from there, we headed in and walked. We walked through this this shopping area. I forget the name of it, but it's right off the street. There's a couple of arcades that lead off of it. And there's a variety of shops, but it comes right in there to where Fortnum and Mason is. Um, Fortnum Mason, that's a great little shop. We walked around for a while and kind of took in, uh, you know, what the place looked like and how it was. And my wife looked at the cookbooks for a while and a, a little bit of time by the stationery and some of the different, uh, jams and jellies, you know, just kind of took in the store. And then we went upstairs and man, isn't it decorated so nicely with like the, the butterflies and the piano going and, you know, everything that they have up there on that, that floor there. It's beautiful. It's also really gorgeous at Christmas time. They're really known for their, what they call their Christmas hampers, which a hamper is like a wicker picnic basket that they deck out with a bunch of yeah. uh, stuff. And they unfortunately don't ship those to the US, but they're also known for, I, I don't know if you caught You can Chris. buy them and take them back with you, but you would yeah. have to put them in some kind of like box because they're huge, right? So it's not like something you could easily like stick in your suitcase. Some of that stuff can't come into the US though, Sam, because of the fresh fruits and vegetables and stuff like that. But anyway, yep. the, the other thing they're known for is they I, I thought they have 
some over the top chocolate displays. Like at Easter time, mm-hmm. they have not not your standard like Cadbury Easter bunny, but like things that are hand carved and stuff like that. So it it is a fabulous store. It's a fabulous store, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. And you know, we did a lot of research on it after hearing it from you guys. And uh, like I booked that pretty early. The coronation chicken is right is second to none uh i I love the coronation chicken and uh the scones i'm still dreaming about the scones i'm a clotted cream first my (laughs) wife is crazy as crazy as one can be because she did it both ways and was happy with it both ways and refused to pick either way so she's an anarchist in our home with her so she'll go jam first clotted cream first who to you know you know what i will tell you chris i am a clotted cream only Oh. Not just a first, oh. but an only. No. I don't oh. do the jams and jelly. I'll take my anarchist. Than- <laughs> I'll take my anarchist, Brian. Yeah, I was gonna say that's worse. That's worse than doing the clotted cream second, Sam. Oh, no, it's, it's oh. so this good. This clotted cream, a dollop of sour cream on a chip and eat it. That's what that sounds like. Oh, I enjoyed the coronation blend. My wife had the Victoria Gray. We both enjoyed them both. Yeah, all the teas are fabulous. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It really was. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mes- mention Blessy and Ivan were the two we had that day, and they were amazing. They were oh, absolutely nice. amazing and and made us feel very welcomed. And, you know, kind of walked into the place. And we at that point, I'd been up for about 38 hours. Sure. And we're having afternoon tea. And th- they just have a way of making you feel comfortable there. You know, there's no... No, it didn't feel like there were any prerequisites other than going and having an open mind to enjoy tea. And I don't, I'm not a tea person at all before this moment, but we've already ordered tea from Fortnum and Mason <laughs> and had it delivered and I'm on my third cup. So I, love I it. signed up for a subscription tea service after we got back from yes. uh, London Our the first, first time. time. When we had yeah. It, yeah, it's since gone out of business, but yeah, and we invested in a really nice tea maker too. So yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I will say I highly recommend for anyone who's doing tea at Fortnum and Mason for the first time, just do the regular afternoon tea service. You do not need to do any of the the add-on ones unless you want. You can do the one that has like champagne added on if you want that, but you don't need... I would not recommend doing like the savory one. I would recommend just doing the regular standard afternoon tea. It's so fabulous. And the sandwiches, the scones, the pastries, the the cake, everything. I mean, it, it includes everything. So you really... Anybody who doesn't think it's enough, oh like God. just let go of that. Let go yes. of that. Like I, I'm a... Sometimes it's I have a big a appetite and I was worried that we were just going to grab something after and there was no room. We didn't even finish the top plate, most of it up and took it back to our hotel and yes. finally got some great sleep in. And that turned into a picnic at about 8.30 at night <laughs> because we were too tired to go anywhere else. Well, and and the hidden secret is they will bring you more of anything. So well, it's, of the yeah. sandwiches, so the, the sandwiches and the scones, they'll bring you more yes. of the the petit fours or, or or pastries and the cake. They don't, but you do not need more of them because they give you like the portions are really really generous. But yeah, the sandwiches. If you, for example, love the coronation chicken like we all do, you just ask for more coronation chicken, and they'll bring you a whole plate of just that if you want for your second plate. So yeah, really they did have a great like strawberry tart off on the side that they brought to us that was absolutely amazing as well so Ooh, um, yeah, yeah the, go, go to Fortnum and Mason it's a uh, it is the experience you want to have we've already recommended it to a couple of friends that have gone through that area uh here in the last month since we returned and they've enjoyed it as well so so Chris one thing you know we've talked a lot of course about what you did off ship we haven't talked that very much about off ship but 
why don't you give us maybe like two or three highlights of things that you either did or maybe it's a show you saw or something on board that you thought was particularly memorable from this cruise? Obviously, the ports are the stars when you're in Europe and, and you know, same goes for Alaska and some of these other destinations. But of course, you're on the beautiful Disney Dream. So there's got to be some good stuff going on there. And we you know, we have talked about a couple of the the variety acts, but I'm curious, you know, maybe three favorite things. Okay. I'm going to name, we'll name three things. I don't know if they're favorite things. We'll name three things. The first one, the Golden Mickeys. We haven't seen it in a while because of the different ships we've been on. We've spent a lot of time on the magic and the fantasy as our last few cruises. So it was great to return to the Golden Mickeys. We really enjoyed that. We also, my wife uh, really enjoys that anyone can cook. So we did the anyone can cook several times on our sea days. The highlights being the apple strudel and the chocolate lava cake with uh, uh, Chef Jesman was uh, super great. We also really enjoyed uh, doing the midship detective agency because we hadn't done that in a while. It's just a great way to stretch your legs when you're at sea too. If you can't find an activity you want to do, that's never it's never a waste of time. It's always important to save puppies and find yes. the missing props. I mean, especially spending your time with the Muppets. I don't know how anybody wouldn't want to spend their time with the Muppets. I will note, Nathan keeps asking me because he can't remember what the dream and the fantasy look like because he hasn't been on them in a while. And he keeps asking me, which are the ships that have the midship detective agency? Because he really, he remembers the midship detective agency, but remembers nothing else about the dream or the fantasy. So then the other one I'll bring up is the day between Reykjavik and Akari that turned into our extra day on the boat. I got hustled into doing the aqueduct in 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Sweet. And (laughs) that was, that was cold. I love that. That was cold. But my wife wanted to go. You know, I meant to ask Chris, packing for this like how i mean you're it's it's july right so you'd expect it to be warm in many places but how cold did it get on this cruise like i I suspect cherbourg for instance would have been a fairly warm day but iceland i don't know how cold it gets i've been to alaska a few times where it's been you know 88 degrees uh, in the middle of the summer and people always think of that as a cold place but how do you think about packing and what was the weather like overall So there were Olympic packers, I will call them, that were talking about how they only packed in carry-ons. I don't know how they did that because for us, like I said, with the pictures, it was important for us to do, you know, we tried to take advantage of as many of the opportunities that are on the ship. And that includes semi-formal and formal nights are our nights for us. I think I wore a tux on or a suit on four different nights just because that's when we get pictures. It's, you know, we don't have a lot of opportunities to do that in the town we live in, North Dakota. So we take advantage of it whenever we travel and there's an opportunity where it makes sense to do it. So for us, we packed as much as you absolutely can. I think we had three checked bags that were at max size and max weight that we were constantly shuffling stuff in between to, to keep it at weight. And then we were trying to keep a carry-on empty so we could bring back whatever souvenirs we found along the way, which then drove me to like, you know, at Fortnum and Mason, take a good look at that lemon curd jar and decide I'd rather pay shipping for this uh, (laughs) than take on the weight for packing. So we were packed quite a bit. We both brought winter jackets. My wife did not bring a stocking cap, even though I recommended it. Magically, there was one available for her made out of Icelandic wool (laughs) as we were running through a port. And uh, she was grateful for it because we did have some colder days. So there were some days where it was in the 40s with a a pretty healthy wind. Yeah, it was quite the uh, 
from warm days in London or Cherbourg all the way to colder days in Iceland for sure. Yeah. You know, another thing I packed up was, again, the photography goals. So I don't know if you remember, but I reached out on the Facebook group and I did do some... Oh, 360 uh, video, right? Or time-lapse videos. That's right. Time-lapse videos of the ship coming into Olesund were actually ended up being the best ones I was able to get because the, the, the light was at the right place. The timing worked out good. There's plenty to see as you're coming in and out of that, that area there around the, the fjord. So that actually turned out the best. I think we had some a little bit of footage in Iceland as far as the time-lapse. But I pack a DJI pocket for walking shooting when mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're on our tours. And then I, I use the GoPro for some time-lapse stuff as the ship moves. So, Yeah. I had to find the setting to turn the blinking light off one time because it was up against the window and it was <laughs> destroying the footage. Uh, but anyway, so Chris, before we, uh, before we head into rapid fire, subject you to Sam's torture, uh, anything from the cruise that we missed that you wanted to be sure to cover? Yep. So the first thing is that I'll mention is they did the laundry service that you've been seeing on Twitter. They did it twice. So for 30 articles of clothing for $25 and they did it twice on this cruise. So it's popped up a couple of times. Wes's shared it out from the DCL dude. Scott shared it out from the blog. That's awesome. And that was super valuable for us. So when you talk about the packing and some of the some of the challenges with packing, it was nice to have that service. So we took advantage of it both on day three and day seven, where the two times they offered it on the cruise. And we did take advantage of that. And that was really nice because it's a lot of people, there's not a lot of laundry facilities and it is a longer trek for sure. Especially with yes. the folks all coming over to Europe as well. So Yes, they do not have the fairy tale laundry room like on the Wish. It is and that is the best laundry room. Which just makes city. laundry so magical. It does. It does. <laughs> so then the other one I want to mention real quick, if I can, I mentioned Michelle from the photo team, but I have to mention Erin uh, from the entertainment team and the character team. She was so great. And we saw her so great with the families that were before us and after it. us. And, you know, even though it was just me and my wife, uh, gave us the same magical experience anybody else had that was in line. So uh, we were really grateful for that too. So if you see Erin, uh, on the Disney dream, like know that you're in good hands and, uh, make sure that, make sure you're gracious with those, those cast members. Cause they are super great. They nice. are awesome. Shout out to Rebecca, who's on the entertainment team on the Disney dream as well, who has been on our show. Who's also fantastic. Yes. Yes. Even though Sam is diligently preparing paperwork to uh, file a lawsuit over her rapid fire round against Rebecca, misappropriation of her intellectual property. No, Rebecca, we love you. I will be reaching out soon to have you back on the show. Well, with that, Chris, I think we have reached that point in our show where I need to hand you over to Sam for some arbitrary questions, some arbitrary rules and a dash of judgment or the round we call rapid fire. So Sam, take it away. All right, Chris, you've heard our show. You know what's coming. You need to tell me your Disney favorites and Disney Cruise Line favorites. Let's start with who no one, is your... No one knows what's coming, Sam. No one expects the Spanish Inquisition, <laughs> all right? No one expects the Spanish Inquisition. No one has right. notes ready to go based on listening to previous episodes either, Sam. That's right. Well, I do... Mi- listen, I do mix it up on my questions, you know. All right. Let's start with our standard, though. Who's your favorite Disney character? I really want to take some liberties here. You can. Listen, anything that Disney owns counts as a Disney character in my mind. So then I have Disney, Marvel, Pixar, and Star Wars ready to go. So we're going to go Chippendale from the Rescue Rangers, Captain America, the Lightfoot Brothers, and Poe Dameron. Oh my goodness. I love it. But Captain America, he's also my favorite Marvel. So I have to give you bonus points for that one. All right. Favorite Disney movie. And again, same rule. It doesn't matter what and it doesn't matter what intellectual property group it's within, if as long as it's under the Disney umbrella. 
You could even choose like Anastasia, which it became a Disney after. <laughs> yeah. We'll do Aladdin animated oh, right. or live action. They're great. The the comedy from the genie, the carpets, dramatic pauses, you know, the love story between Aladdin and Jasmine. Yeah, all great. It's got all everything. Great. Yeah. I, I disagree with you on the live action, but I'll but I'll I'll give you a win because I do love the animated original. <laughs> all right. Favorite, well, I was, you know, Sam. I'm, I'm going to start letting people pick. I mean, if you're going to go that wide, I mean, Chris <laughs> said he was a big football fan, so maybe Super Bowl, whatever, off of ESPN counts. I mean, that's a Disney-owned property, right? I mean, I, I have a Mickey uh, vinylmation that is the New England Patriots here. It must be downstairs <laughs> somewhere. All right, <laughs> all right. Well, let's let's not get too far afield. What's your favorite Disney song, Chris? Okay, stand out from the Goofy movie. Oh my it God. Very great. Yes. But going the distance and happily ever after have special places in my oh, heart as well. Love all of those and power line forever. That's all I'm going to say. All right. I know you love songs. I know you love shows. Obviously, your wife is a music teacher. What is your favorite Disney Cruise Line stage show? And don't disappoint me, Chris. Uh, for me, it's going to be Tangled. I love all, right. all of the technical features of Beauty and the Beast. But the thugs are amazing. Uh, ah, and, they are amazing. And Maximus is amazing. I, I'm going to go with my, if I was going to pick an old one, my wife's favorite was Toy Story. And that one was great too. It's rest in peace. But I'm going to go with, I think I could go with Tangled. All right. That's a good one. Listen, I, I bonus points for, you know, Maximus. I, I think it's the, the sort of, I'll call it puppetry is fantastic. All right. What is your favorite rotational dining? On any of the ships, you don't have to limit this to the dreams. Any ship you've been on. So I'm going to go with Rapunzel's. I'm going to follow that up. Like we like mm. the classic ships. We have not been on the Disney Wonder. It's our original ship, but we have not been back on it since Alaska. So we haven't mm. had a chance to enjoy Tiana's. Tiana's, yeah. So we're looking forward to that at some point. But for right now, I think I'm going to go with Rapunzel. Um, the characters, the the menus for the both. Yeah. The birthday menu or the the other menu, they're both great. Yeah. Uh, the I frying love, pan. Uh, I mean, who doesn't love the frying pan, right? The lanterns yeah. at the tables. Like, how yeah. do you go wrong? Great. Great answer. All right. Favorite space on any Disney ship? I'm going to go with the the Quiet Cove pool. Yeah. The adult pool. Sometimes I just like sitting out there and whether it's a conversation with somebody else who's also a Disney fan enjoying the cruise or it's, you know, wearing my headphones and listening to some great music and just uh, getting a chance to to let go. Uh, I'm going to say my favorite space is the Quiet Cove pool. I love it. All right. We got to talk food now a little bit here. Favorite sweet item versus favorite savory item. So first, let's start with your favorite sweet item. Okay, so everybody's correct answer is Palo Souffle. We will chocolate also or amaretto. Chocolate. All right, chocolate. It, but we will also accept the apple fritters that oh. they do at lunch at the Royal Palace. If you've not had those before, what about the Oreo cheesecake on Embarkation Day lunch? Have you had that? Not as good as Palo Souffle. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll take the I'll take the loss of points there. I'll take the negative points. <laughs> All right. All right. Favorite savory item on board. I have. Uh, the anti-pasto uh, that you kind of have at Palo, you know, the bruschetta and the parm, yeah. and the, the different oils are great. I also really enjoy the pork chop at Animator's Palette. Yeah, that's a great one too. This is a tough one. Wait, have you been on The Wish yet? I can't remember. I have no, not. Okay. It's the only one we haven't been on. Okay. Aqua Dunk versus Aqua Duck. Aqua Which duck. one is better? 
Aqua duck. Thank easy, you. Easy aqua duck. In your face, Brian. In your face. <laughs> Wait, hold up, hold up. You've taken to taunting me now. Yes, and not exactly. Just yes, okay, exactly. Right, well. Listen, I'm. We're married for a reason. Okay, I'm allowed. I'll just to. make sure to leave in all your ums and ahs for the next, <laughs> next edit. There you go. <laughs> Favorite ship, Chris. We really like the classic ships. They really are so great, and you know, no one. Even the details, like knowing that they've added a weld mark to the wonder, so it is truly the sister ship to the magic. Like just those things. It, there's a quaintness yeah. about it. There's something great about when those ships are in ports. They're, they're just beautiful ships. And to, even at 25 years old, the magic is a beautiful ship. And Disney's done such a great job taking care of her. She is. She is. I I wonder if you'll have a favorite, really. But well, I obviously the magic is essentially your favorite now because you haven't been on the wonder since she her updates that gave us the French Quarter Lounge and Tiana's place. But I do wonder if you will love the wonder even more than the magic once you see those spaces and experience Mardi Gras night in Tiana's place because it's fabulous. I may, but the treasure is pulling at so many heartstrings right now oh, uh, yeah. with the things that they're advertising and some of the things that have come out yeah. and up into, well, what is now next week's event. So, Yeah. All right. Well, more on that on another show. So let's talk. Uh, the last question of my rapid fire, as you know, is your bucket list cruise. If you can go anywhere in the world on a Disney cruise ship, where are you going? Either a Norwegian Fjord cruise or I would love an Australian that's seven nights or longer. I know that yeah. there's an opportunity there to double dip. I just want I want that good seven night itinerary that's hitting enough different places. So yes. when Disney's done building market and they're doing seven night cruises there in uh, Australia, we'll be we'll be definitely uh, looking for that. Well, thank you for playing, Chris. You did uh, very well. I'm going to say at Rapid Fire, better than Brian would do. I might say. Hey, 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 come on now. Come on now. Be nice to your producer here. I, I make <laughs> the on-air talent sound good, I think. so. Fair enough. Chris, I always like to ask at the end, uh, what's next? Uh, you got something out there brewing and planned? You know, I have a few. Right now, I think our next... We, we're we going to spend some time in South Dakota next year with my wife and her parents on a beautiful lake. A Disney tie-in, though, it is Sylvan Lake, which is where they filmed entering into the City of Gold in National Treasure 2. So oh, there's oh, the yeah. Disney tie-in for that trip. Yeah. But uh, I have a trip coming up where we're going to take my sister and her nieces and put them up in our, you know, one of our DVC, we're going to do a grand villa either at the Riviera or the animal kingdom lodges oh, coming fantastic. up here the year after next. Uh, and we'll, we'll probably, my wife and I will escape away on a cruise after that, whether it's a seven night or a four night, I don't know yet, but we'll see. We'll see. We have some other vacation goals that are in the hopper right now before we're on another cruise ship, but we will be, we do have a, a placeholder. So we will be going again. So. Yeah, nice. it sounds like you want to check out the treasure, probably. So, yeah, and that new sure. island, right? Lighthouse. Oh Point yeah, is, Lighthouse Point. Although you get a lot of stuff there. Although, unfortunately, from reading the tea leaves, we don't believe that the treasure will be doing many stops at Lighthouse Point. That's not to say it will do none. There will probably be some double dips, kind of like the fantasy does with two double dips to Castaway Key. We we anticipate the treasure will be generally going to Castaway and not going to Lighthouse Point. 
It is so interesting to me about Lighthouse Point because Lighthouse Point is practically on the way back for the fan, uh, for the treasure on the Eastern Caribbean side of things. So maybe we'll see a few more double dips on that side of the house than we think. But um, I'm sure it has to do with capacity and timing and all of that. The cruises mm-hmm. out of uh, Miami. So we'll have to wait for more itineraries from uh, from Disney here in the near future. But Chris, I just want to thank you for taking the time to uh, to come on the show and share your fabulous cruise and, and your experiences with, with Disney Cruise Line. We just really, really appreciate it. No, I just want to thank you guys again. Seriously, these, you know, anybody who's investing time that leads to my wife and I getting a chance to reconnect. She works so hard as a school teacher and all the other things she does with the music uh, community here in Minot that keeps her busy. And my my work has me traveling quite a bit itself. So these these times that we get to reconnect and you know, the the time that passes when we're working so hard listening, you know, to shows like this or like Wes's or, you know, even the, the rope drop guys, I know are uh, close to you guys as well. So those are all great resources that are out there. And we appreciate you guys and what you put into the show. And I'm going to say real quick, they make it really easy to be a Patreon. So if you're not a Patreon, get out there and be a Patreon for DCL Duo. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Chris. I more appreciate that we have any impact on anyone's vacation in a positive way, because I'm sure some of our tips have led to personal ruin for some. But, uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, thank you, Chris. Well, a big thank you to all of you out there for listening this week. We really, really appreciate it. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. We'd also love it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you hit those five stars, that's great. If you leave us a written review along with a five-star review, we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes. If you're hovering over anything less than five stars, we really want you to reach out to us so we can take your feedback. Best way to do that, head to dclduo.com to find all the ways to connect with us. It links to our podcast, our vlog, our blog, has all the ways you can connect with us on social media, has our Etsy store where you can find our fun beach bags and magnets that we designed as enthusiasts of each of the Disney Cruise Line ships, has a link off to our Patreon. If you'd like to help support the show, we really truly appreciate each and every one of our Patreons for helping to support the show each and every month, has a link off to our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding, where you can get more information about booking a fabulous vacation, which also really helps to support our show. All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. And that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with a DCL duo. Good night. <laughs>